Welcome to the Backyard Chat Podcast, where we equip parents to take in God's Word and live it out in their everyday life. Hey friends, Karen and I are back today to wrap up this very first series on cooperation. And I have to say thank you so much for all the positive feedback that we have received from a lot of you. It's been very encouraging to us, but it has also helped us to shape the content for what we're going to talk about today. I thought we would start, Karen, and get you to unpack this whole month and how we've learned about cooperation. It's kind of a word that we use from time to time, but we may not understand the impact of how it looks and how it feels to cooperate with God. Can you unpack your sermon series for us? So we've been asking the question all month long, what would it look like if we worked together? What would happen? What could happen? And we've dreamed about those possibilities and we've dug into God's word to see what God's word says about the possibilities when we work together. And so we talked about when we work together that we can meet the needs of other people that we can see other people's needs, but sometimes it's too big for us. But when we combine our efforts together, that amazing things can happen as we allow God to work through us. Then we talked about how we can help others succeed and that we can lift other people up the same way that God lifts us up. We can use that same kind of energy and power that God gives us, and we can do that together. And then this last week, we talked about how important cooperation is because Not only does it have the power to change lives, but as lives are changed, the world can really be changed. And I will just say this, that right now, more than ever, we live in a world that needs to be changed. And so um, we're just believing that when we come together as congregations, as believers in Jesus, as just the Christian community across the world, that God is going to change the world and we're going to let God do that through every opportunity that he gives us. And it's just like we tell the kids all the time that God is doing something in us to change the world around us. And it really is true. And I think a lot of the things that we have talked about is what it looks like to work together, to work with other people. And one thing that we really want to touch on today is what would happen if we really work together with God in parenting our kids. And so let's talk a little bit about some real life examples of working with God to help shape the character and the future for our kids. I think one of the first things that I realized really early on when my kids were little that I needed to cultivate eyes to see what God was doing in my children. Like that was a whole journey for me. It wasn't like one day I just woke up and thought, oh, I can see exactly what God is doing in my kids. And I just want to encourage more of that. It really was a journey for me. And I think it's a journey for every parent because as your child moves through different stages, you um, get to see more and more of who they are and how God's wired them, the gifts that he's given them, the insecurities that they have, all of the different things that make them who they are. And for me, um, there was a really pivotal moment um, when Kate was in first grade that was the moment that really was a catalyst for me to dig into that more. And um, she just had a teacher that really taught me how to do that. And so that's what really inspired me to want to learn to do that more. Yeah. And I think learning from you, as we did a lot of life together and you shared those stories, that made me become more aware of seeking God for my children and seeing their character traits come alive and wondering what God was doing in them. I had never really 
thought about it from those terms. I just felt the burden and the responsibility of making sure that I was stewarding my children well, and I didn't really know practical ways to do that. So I thought it would help if we talked about some practical ways that parents can really cooperate with what God is doing in the life of their child. And I would say the very first thing is really to pray that when we pray and we ask God, he's going to answer those prayers and help us to have eyes to see where he's at work. And he's going to highlight those things for us. And like when I pray, I'll say, God, please make it shine so bright that I can't miss it. And when you pray, I feel like you start to seek that more. You become more aware and it becomes more obvious. And so when those things come out, like Kate being a leader, you start to see that and you see the pattern of Kate's leadership capabilities and you want to do more to encourage those leadership traits in her. Yeah, that's what actually made me realize, and it was modeled for me by Kate's first grade teacher. I met her early on, and I'm going to be really transparent. When I met her, my first thought was, oh my gosh, like I had never, ever asked for a teacher for my child. I never was the parent that went in. I just prayed, God, give them the teacher that you want them to have. And when I met her, she seemed sweet as she could be. But here's my honest impression. I was like, she didn't seem that smart. And I was like, oh gosh, my child is so smart. And I don't know if she'll be, you know, if this will be a good teacher for her, but I didn't say anything. I just kept it all to myself. And um, after a few weeks, um, I went in for a parent conference with her and She said to me, each morning I pray over the desk of every one of my children before they come in. And I ask God to show me what he's doing in that child so that throughout the day when I'm with them, I can fan those flames. And she said, every time I got to Kate's desk, the word that came to me that God gave me, the word for her is leader, that she's a leader. Now, if you knew Kate now, you would be like, absolutely, she is completely a leader. But when she was in first grade, she was incredibly shy, hardly spoke. She really just uh, almost was a wallflower in that. And so when her teacher told me that she was a leader and that she prayed for that, and then she told me, I give her leadership opportunities every chance I get. She'll pass out the papers or she'll be the helper or she'll do these things because I want to fan those flames. And so it made me start to think, well, what are the gifts of the rest of my children? Because I have five and that was just one of them. And so that's what made me realize that I needed to know what God had for my kids, what plan, how they were wired so that I could be the one that was fanning those flames. And turned out she was the best possible teacher. So shame on me for my little judgment there. But so anyway, it was an amazing year and it, it really changed the way I saw my role as a parent. And one of the things that I heard you say was when she came to Kate's desk, she heard that the word for Kate was leader. She was listening for God's response. And I think sometimes we pray and we just think it's a one and done kind of thing. And We're going to pray and just expect God to come through, which that's good to pray, expecting him to move. But are we listening? Are we getting still enough and putting our phones and all the distractions away to say, God, I want to hear from you. I'm not just throwing my request out there. I truly want to hear from you. And I promise you that when you do get still and you put the distractions aside, that God will speak to your heart and he will guide your every move so that you can lead your kids to him which is just praying inside God's will there, you know, there's, you can't say it would be outside of God's will for me to know what he's doing in my child. So I mean, it's it's one of those prayers that you can pray that we're just so certain that you will get an answer for because God is so gracious um, when we come to him in prayer too. He is. And the other thing is providing experiences for your kids. And this can be a touchy subject too, because we all want our kids to be well-rounded. We want them to have experiences so that you can begin to see things develop in them 
but we can also do it to where we are diverting them and keeping them away from God's will for them. Let's talk a little bit about that. So one of the hard and fast rules in our house was that we didn't miss church for sporting activities or any other activity, school activities, extracurriculars. We all of the things our kids were at church when they were little and they learned to love God in that way. And it was just important to us to make sure that they had that uh, Christian community. And um, the girls were home over spring break and we had a chance to sit and talk. And our conversation really turned to really deep things about God, like deep questions that they have as now young adults. And um, they pointed back to their really formative years that those those years and what they learned, how deeply ingrained and how they have the freedom to question now in ways that are healthy and how it's growing them in their understanding of who God is, even as young adults. That's really good. And I think, too, those yeses, everything that we say yes to, we're saying no to something else. And if we're not careful, it's so easy to say yes. And it's so easy to go to the things that are interesting and fun. But then what are we saying no to? And I think if we don't pause and say, if I say yes to this for my child, what is the no that's attached to that? And if it is that this is going to be so much of a yes commitment, is that the best yes for us? Is there a better yes that we can have? Yes, we can play baseball, but we're going to play it this way so that we're available on Sunday. Or yes, we're going to take dance lessons at the same time as softball, but that's not going to cut into our family time. We're just thinking it through without just throwing the yeses out there so that we are setting priorities for our kids. And when we communicate that to them, I know you really want to play football and baseball and soccer and do this, but... Here's what's important, and let's figure out what we can say yes to so that our yes isn't making a no for the most important thing. But if you don't know what the most important thing is for your family, you can just overrun that if you're not too careful. That part was easy for me because with five kids, the rule was you can do one thing at a time. And so that made it easy in that regard. And what I realized was that I really was in charge of deciding what's most important in our home, and that I had to protect that and guard that and be the guide in that. And Melissa taught, when we interviewed her, she talked about the non-negotiables for her family, and those were so important. And I think that that's some good wisdom for all of us to say, what are our non-negotiables? Do we have any? What is our best yes? And set your priorities for your family. And every family is going to be unique. Like we can't sit here today and say, for your family, you must do these five things. And it's this perfect formula. That's when that prayer comes in. God, show me what the best yes is for our family, for the phase and the stage of life that we're in with our kids right now, knowing that it may change over time. But how do you lean into what God is asking of us and how we can use those activities to continue to point our kids to Jesus every step of the way. So rhythms were really important in my home in terms of what is impossible as it seems with five children. We had dinner together every night Ooh, I love and that. it wasn't at nine o'clock. I mean, we, I scheduled activities. And so, you know what? They didn't play on the premier sports things. Um, you know, they just, they played sports and you know what? They are just fine now as, as adults. And we just didn't do some of the things that other people do. They got a well-rounded group of experiences that they were exposed to just in terms of life things, sports, and different things that they like to do. 
but we had dinner together every night and that was our time to talk about how our day went and you know what's your high what was your low of the day and those kinds of things and we still are a family that gathers around the table because for us it was always really important I think that's so so wonderful let's talk a little bit about the importance of Christian community and that circle of influence for your kids I know we touched on that during one or two of the other podcasts but Let's help our listeners understand what we mean by Christian community. What would you say Christian community is? So for me, Christian community are those other people who are striving for the same types of goals and objectives in their life. We are trying to raise kids who are not only good citizens, but are godly people. We are trying to instill not only values, but a heart that looks like Jesus, where not only moral character is strong, but the the why behind the moral character. Like we do mm-hmm. things because we love Jesus. We do things because God asked us to do that. We do things out of gratefulness for God. And we just have a sense of why we do what we do. And in my Christian community, we have a wide variety of different maybe ways and angles we come at things, but there's just that common sense of, um, of goal and what we're trying to accomplish is similar. And I think when you have those everyday backyard conversations with the people in your circle of influence, it helps you grow in your own faith and it helps you see parenting in a different way. And like, I've learned a lot from you just watching how you do things. And I hope that I'm that kind of friend for other people, but that we're all kind of in this thing together. That for me is the greatest thing, because when you come to, I'll call them snags in life, especially with your kids, when you come to a place where it's different than you thought it would be, or your child is struggling in some way, to have somebody else's perspective that's already connected, that already knows what you're trying to do, that can come alongside you and say, hey, maybe you could try this or adjust this, or or, I'm with you, or I don't know what to do either, but let's just pray about this. Let's get together and let's just pray and think it through. And um, to me, that's that, that kind of support, it brings a sense of security in your parenting because all of a sudden it's not just you alone. That's like, right. If you have good people, they'll hold you accountable. And so they're not going to let you mess up. So for me, it's like guardrails. They're almost like guardrails to have these people in your life that can just help you, affirm you, correct you, gently help you steer the other way. It has been life for me to have people in my life like that. And I think too, it helps when you realize that like if your kid makes a bad choice, then you take it out on yourself like you parented them bad or my kid's the only one that messes up on social media or my kid's the only one. And then you share that with someone in your circle of influence and they're like, hang on, just last year I dealt with that with mine. And they're like, you did? Yeah. And you're like, yes, none of us are perfect. And our kids certainly aren't. We have to show them that same grace that God shows us and to to shepherd them and to guide them, but knowing they're going to mess up along the way. And that doesn't mean that we've messed them up so bad, we might as well just give up. One of my favorite things is, I won't say which child, but I had an issue with one of the children. And um, when I told you, we, we both gasped and then we laughed and then we figured it out. And that was the best thing because it was like when there's a no judgment zone, when you can go, oh, this is really bad. And then you almost, you just have to laugh, like, what are we going to do with this? But then you have somebody to help you navigate through that. It's just huge to have people that see themselves as a partner in that together. And we, we just know it's a no judgment zone and it's it's just huge. That's right. And we have to remember that we never parent alone, that God is with us every step of the way. And he wants us to have joy in parenting in the hard days and in the best days, that if we will truly seek him and allow him to respond to us 
and to show us which way to go, we will realize that we really aren't going at this alone. You make a good point because it's like there are times that it's tempting to think that God gave you these children and then just left you on your own. Like you're just you're supposed to just figure it out. Yes. Where is the where's the instruction manual that came with them? I will tell you, this is so silly, but getting the dog, which was a huge step for me. I know we're all going to laugh about it, but having the dog and learning how to discipline a puppy I was clueless. And so here I am doing all these things, realizing I really don't know what I'm doing, but I never put thought into it. I just had the dog come in the house and we're doing all these things. And one of my friends said, well, let me give you the instruction manual that we got when we paid for training for Buddy, because there are some things like you can't say the dog's name and then say no, or their name is ineffective. And I'm like, what? And the more she began to tell me about what I should do with a dog, I realized how clueless I was. And once I began to seek out that information and put it into practice, I watched my dog change into this sweet little puppy that learns how to follow your commands and do what she's supposed to do. And I thought, well, man, why didn't parenting come with this? And then I had to stop and go, you know what? It kind of does. And it is in our circle of influence. It is seeking God and in teamwork approach to parenting your kids. We're all a little bit clueless, but We can get help out there for sure. By the way, I'm still shocked that you have a dog. I know. Me too. Me too. But turns out the benefits of having a dog are incredible. She really has been a blessing to us. So we want to take a minute and just kind of share with you what's coming up in the next podcast to follow. Your feedback has been so awesome. It's helped us. And what we realized is we want to talk to you about next coming up is hope and what it looks like to talk to your kids about hope. And when you go through a hard time, why that doesn't just keep us down and where that hope truly lies. And we have some incredible guests that um, have had some real life experiences and how they have inspired us just by watching how they hold on so tight to their faith. One of the biggest questions I think that I get, and I know that you do too, Melissa, is when a grandparent dies or when there's a big loss in the family of some kind, um, there is no training for that. Like you don't even know you need to know that until you're in that moment. And so we really want to give some people some tools to have in their toolbox so that when big life moments happen, that they have a little bit of a sense of grounding in a moment. Because typically what happens is whatever the loss is, as a parent, you're reeling from that loss too. And so you're in the midst of trying to figure it out for yourself and that you also need to be able to parent your child through that. And so we're excited to be able to to bring some people in that have navigated that and learned how to do that and talk about what that looks like. Because the truth is there is always hope, even in the darkest circumstances. And we just want people to be ready for when those times do happen in life. And then immediately following that, we're kicking off summer with our Make Waves theme. And it's going to be so fun because we're talking about how we really can make waves and change the world, like the whole ripple effect. And it really does start with us. And so we've got some really fun content coming for you then. And fast forward all the way to fall because you know back to school will be here before we know it. We are going to take a lot of time talking about the phases of our children and the phases that they go through and how we can lean into and leverage each phase for their spiritual development, all the way from when you're a brand new baby until you leave and head out to the world. And so we're looking forward to some of the unique people that we have coming in to talk about that and some of the fun ways that we're going to incorporate it into our Sunday mornings here at CBG. I'm excited about the summer because you know I love a good beach wave theme. 
but also because kids intuitively seem to understand that they have the power to change the world. It's only as we get to be adults where we think what we do really won't make a difference. And so I'm excited because a lot of times our kids will lead us into growing deeper. And so I I kind of anticipate that happening over the summer. And then I probably most excited of all for the phases. Um, It's just so fun to learn how how to parent and how to pivot as kids move from one phase to the next. And so that's right, because you can't parent a teenager the same way you can a preschooler. And so you have to learn and keep learning along the way. And we're excited to bring that to you. And to learn really when a phase has changed. Like sometimes you don't even realize that, oh, my child's in a different phase now. So I'm crazy excited about that. It's going to be life changing for some parents to realize that they're going to have an epiphany while they're listening. Oh, I'm parenting my child in the last stage and they've moved to the next stage. And we're going to have fun every step of the way because that's just how we do it around here. We don't know another way. If you don't want to miss a single episode of the Backyard Chat podcast, Be sure to follow the show in your Apple podcast app by clicking on the three dots in the top right corner of your screen. And if you're feeling really adventurous, click on the arrow to share the show with all your friends. We'll be back next week. And And we we can't can't wait wait to to chat chat with you. you.